0: Coal mining operations are taking the tops off mountains and tearing up a unique ecosystem. I'm Steve Pomplin for Earthwatch Radio. It's called mountaintop removal, and it's a kind of surface mining that's become prevalent in Appalachia. Critics say it's tearing up a fragile ecosystem and bringing misery to the people who live near these operations. Eric Reese is the author of Lost Mountain, a new book about mountaintop removal. Reese spent a year documenting the destruction of a mountain in his home state of Kentucky. He says the miners cut down and burn all the trees. Then they blast away rock to get at the coal underneath.
1: And They just keep blasting down until they hit a coal seam. Then they scoop up that coal seam with front end loaders, haul that off, and then blast down to the next coal seam.
0: Reese says the rubble is bulldozed down into surrounding valleys.
1: What you end up with is these desert plateaus on the tops of mountains and then you have these massive what are called valley fills where hundreds of miles of streams have been buried under all of this rubble that they pushed off the mountaintop.
0: Reese says coal mining is destroying large areas of one of North America's richest natural landscapes.
1: The mixed mesophytic forest which is what central Appalachia is contains 60 to 70 different species of trees which is more than any other place in the United States it has 250 songbirds to have mountaintop removal going on anywhere would be terrible but to have it going on in this particular ecosystem just compounds the
0: tragedy for me. Federal law requires mining companies to restore mined areas, but Reese claims they usually just spread grass seed where these mountain forests once stood. Earthwatch Radio is a service of the Nelson Institute and the Sea Grant Program at the University of Wisconsin.
1: Are you ready for the end of the world?
2: Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Orda Energy, Mon. And this is Tree Song. And this is Your Community Spirit. Enviro-social talk. What should we talk about today? Uh, let's talk about enviro and social. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a little bit of stuff about the Occupy movement in the news still. Um, there is someone who is keeping track of that. If you go to occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com, there's a list of some of the mainstream news articles. But I think we should talk about saving Gaia House.
3: Hmm.
2: You know what Gaia House is? I've heard of Gaia House. Yeah. <laughs> um, formerly and still called the Interface Center, um, the name was changed pretty recently to actually clearly encompass everything the place does. Um, Gaia is another word for Earth, and um, it is a center for um, environmentalism for um, culture, for food, for just generally people getting together and tr- creating the heart of the community. And the heart is having a hard time. Um, the traditional funders, at um, the last traditional funder um, as of January 1st announced that they would no longer be able to continue to fund uh, about 25% of the budget for the place. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And the <coughs> the other sources of funding have increased a little bit, you know, because we they've been doing uh, extra income and that sort of thing. But it's still not enough to make the gap yet. So we're, we we uh, over there at Guy House, we were organizing uh, short term fundraisers, and uh, you know, now coming up on Saturday there is a stakeholders retreat. Uh, Saturday from one to five p.m. Guy House Nine Thirteen South Illinois. Uh, it's an opportunity for people to get together, find out. What's been going on, offer their inputs into uh, the situation, uh, get involved in uh, sustaining Guy House for the future.
2: And they literally do not have <coughs> enough money to last through the spring. Mm-hmm. And so it is anybody who's ever been involved with the, the place or want to be involved. Um, I mean, regular weekly dinners there. We announce on this radio show um, the interveg vegetarian dinners on Thursday nights. Um, I'd say probably an average of about 25 to 30 people come each week. Mm. Um, and then the Friday night Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinners, where people get together and eat and cook, averages about 50 people a week. There are... Um, I, I literally can't keep track of all the stuff. Even though I get the newsletter, uh, Yeah, there is a lot of stuff that happens there. Yeah, there's a um, lot going on there. Meditation. Um, there is the Sunyata Center. There is um, lots of books on spirituality and religion in the library. There's the Labyrinth, if you want to walk the Labyrinth. Yeah. It is, I guess, a calm in the midst of the chaos in the middle of town.
3: Yeah, because you've got uh, the railroad tracks on one side and Illinois on the other side. So it's like in between. The whole
2: Illinois. (laughs) Uh, Illinois Illinois Avenue. Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it is right in the borderline between the university and the city. Yeah. So... That should be the slogan for the place, the heart of Carbondale,
3: because
2: <laughs> that's what it is. So, um, again, stakeholders meeting from 1 until... Uh, 1 until 5. 1 until 5. Figure out ways to make sure the heart of Carbondale continues to beat. <laughs> and, I mean, you can also, if you cannot make it to the, you know... The Revival of the Heart of Carbondale. You may, well, just go to the website, ourguyhouse.com, and, you know, donate. Say, you know, send an email, just generally participate. Yeah. I mean, it surprised me how many people who have donated recently who haven't even been there. But they know,
3: they know the good stuff that goes on right either, that, so, yeah. they,
2: or you know they haven't been there very much, maybe they've been there once or um and they they just said, you know, this place sounds phenomenal. My friends are telling me about it. I would like to donate, so um I hope let's see. So there's definitely a lot of energy, passion, and support for this place. Yes. But there is no, there's not really any solid, clear plans. There's some plans, but I don't know if there's any solid, clear plans on how to keep the place open.
3: Yeah, well, that's part of why we're having this stakeholders retreat, is that uh, there are ideas, a lot of which have a lot of potential, but we want to get together and see what people like as the best ideas you know, that fit most with the programming and uh, uh, decide together what to do about it. Because it's a community center, so, you know, having the community involved in the process is very important.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so, that is local news. Let's get to national news.
3: Yeah, see, there's a nation out there still. Something Uh, out there beyond the borders of Carbondale.
2: (laughs) It's like, and the nation, a lot of states are actually having problems themselves with their budget. Yeah, Um, surely,
3: surely not Illinois.
2: (laughs) It's like, so (laughs) they've... They've thought about and con- are considering taxing electric cars. Hmm. Why? W- why is that an, an issue? I mean, <laughs> um, out of all
3: the things they could tax. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, how how we traditionally pay for roads is a tax on gasoline. Yeah. So they're afraid that we'll get so many electric cars. I. Right now, I I actually have not seen statistics. I doubt we're at 1% (laughs) with electric cars yet.
3: I do appreciate their optimism,
2: though, about the future of (laughs) electric. Yes. They're like, soon we won't be able to pay for our roads. Well, they can't pay for them now. That's probably why. Yeah. (laughs) They're, you know, the the funds are being misappropriated. Originally, gas taxes were only for roads. Mm -hmm. But now they just go into the general fund and are spent for whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the biggest problem with... um, know, what is it, political taxes are now... They they no longer stay for what they originally implemented them for. Yeah,
3: they often just put it into the big pool, and then you know, then they play a little shell game, and they say, "Well, we're collecting it for this, but we're spending it on that, but we'll get this other tax somewhere else to pay for that one." And right, it, uh, you know, it, it ends up being a mess. You yeah. end up with the, the current state of the
2: state of Illinois. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> so. What else?
3: Yeah, I think there's there are other solutions now than taxing electrics. Uh, but that—that's my personal opinion. I think right now we, uh, you know, with the issues like climate change and other issues that uh, taxing electrics right now just seems like it'll discourage the use of them.
2: Maybe <laughs> it's like uh-huh. <laughs> you, um, there's there's an actual another article in here. Let me scroll through about how much we work to pay for our cars. Let's see mm-hmm. if I can find it real quick.
3: Yeah. And we often don't think yeah. about it because of the
2: uh, you know, costs aren't all at once, you know. So the average person, a recent study, um, James Swartz of the urban country recently calculated that Americans work an average of two hours every day to pay for their cars. Now he's done another calculation, and he figured out that a bicycle only costs 3.84 minutes. And that's being conservative, actually assuming you'll drop... Uh, $1,500 on a new commuter bike every five years after which it will have zero value. Hmm. So if you'd like to r- um, read that full article you're going to have to get our newsletter. Huh. So um, it's really hard to read a really long link to you. If you would like to get our newsletter or just today's newsletter today's email newsletter email info at Yourcommunityspirit.org and Uh let me know if you want just today's newsletter or do you want to be on our weekly newsletter list? Yes. All right, now I'd like to mention
3: this one. This one's about fossil fuels. Time for an oil change. Americans strongly oppose fossil fuel subsidies.
2: Ah, come on. That can't be true. I know, it's kind of crazy, right? But apparently, that's, that's what's happening. Well, we do talk <coughs> about free market economy regularly. And a true free market economy, we wouldn't have subsidies. We would allow things to, you know, fight it out in the free market freely. So, mm. hmm. Americans oppose subsidies on fossil fuels. Mm. I know I do. <laughs> People ask me, what do I think of subsidies for renewable energy? I say I oppose them. Why? You're in the renewable energy business. I oppose subsidies, period. Hmm. I think we shouldn't have subsidies on, you know, coal or nuclear or, you know, fossil fuels or solar energy. Hmm. It should all just be, you know, a true free market economy. But apparently I need a better lobbyist for solar, right? <laughs> yeah so why do they oppose it
3: so yeah it's uh uh basically they let's see uh well the recent findings were that it's all political stripes that it's not just one political party that opposes these subsidies nice. and it's they they oppose the subsidies by seventy percent to thirty percent you know it's, it's more than two to one uh ratio there and uh and the republicans it's it is actually a little different 67% to 34%. But still it's uh I think it's I think people it's a combination of you know people in general like you say being opposed to subsidies increasingly and also they hear about these record profits you know the oil companies are making profits and if you're making profits why is the government subsidizing you?
2: And <laughs> it's I basically a form of robbery. They're not completely eliminating the subsidies only $40 billion over the next 10 years. Yeah. and uh, $40 billion. <laughs> that yeah. means over the last 10 years, have we subsidized oil and the fossil fuel industry for $40 billion? Yeah. <laughs> so in the 2013 <clears throat> physical year budget released on February 13th, President Obama actually proposed to eliminate $40 billion in tax breaks for oil and gas producers over the next 10 years. Yeah. $40 billion. Uh-huh. And these are companies that are making record profits. I could understand if it was a company that needed help. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, you know, we helped the... Why do we always help the big guys?
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, the argument they use in favor of these sort of things, or that they at least used to, was that, well, you know, you need oil for transportation, so let's give them a bunch of money, but... If they're making money hand over fist doing it, then obviously they're not, you know, it's not at risk of not being able to have any oil.
2: Well, if we give them a subsidy, they need to charge less money.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But they don't. They just pocket it.
2: Huh. Sounds like a
3: plan. (laughs) It's a good plan for them. Yeah. And then they get away with it because people don't fully realize what's going on, but they're starting to. And you can tell by those new figures on the percentages, 70% to 30%.
2: did you guys get cold weather while i was gone this week a little bit yeah <laughs> got a little chilly little yeah, yeah i ended up s- installing a solar system <clears throat> in like f- between 14 and 25 degree weather
1: huh.
2: you know that so, sounds like fun yeah it was it was <laughs> like we put in the solar system and then the sun came out it was good for testing it <laughs> yeah um but you know it was just like actually did you hear what i just said we put in a solar system and the sun came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, we installed a solar electric system and the sun came out and it started producing power. So that was good. And the exciting part, I didn't realize when we won the contract, it is on the Rock Falls Electric Utility Company's building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's on like their
3: building. <laughs> yeah, so
2: my my liaison for the project was the manager for their electric utility. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like, and so he's learning about how solar electric systems work. And he's like, "Well, that only covers like a tenth of the building. We could fill the whole building up." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, you could, yeah, you could." <laughs> so
3: you're like, "Here's my card. I'll be back again in two months."
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, talking about cold weather, why farms? want cold winters yeah sustainable farming is important (coughs) one thing to keep in mind when looking at farms in winter at the brown fields skeletal orchards and vineyards waiting for a shot of green despite appearances winter is a surprisingly important time on a farm there's a lot going on biologically beneath the surface, much that it can influence what we see on market tables for the rest of the year, and much that can go wrong if the winter is warm, as this one has been in the northeast and really everywhere. So one of the things that the deep sub-freezing cold of winter typically does is it eliminates all those you know, pathogens and insects and bugs that come and overwhelm the plants in the spring. Yeah. Um, Beyond killing the baddies, yeah, that's a technical term, the (laughs) baddies, proper cold serves another important person, purpose, a person too, but (laughs) purpose. For perennial crops, shorter days and sustained low temperatures bring a cycle of dormancy, a deep, almost anesthetized sleep during which growth is temporarily halted. So this is the time when plants' energy is held in reserve, you know, building up for that spring new growth. And farmers can prune and transplant for free, without fear of sprouting. And without sufficient chilling time, a fruit tree, tree will generate fewer weaker buds and limiting fruit production from day one. So, um, and it's not just produce that produce that's affected by w- warm winter weather. Let's see. Steve Vellant, director of fisheries marketing for the Maryland Department of Natural Resources, has seen this season's haul of yellow perch come in unusually quickly because, quote, normally the waters where the perch are caught are frozen over for much of January. This year, it isn't the case. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, in, on February 1st, it was 62 degrees in New York and... Washington, D.C., and, you know, it was all in the 60s.
3: Yeah. Well, it was around here, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It got back up to 60 again at at some point recently.
2: And it keeps going back and forth.
3: Uh, One of my worries I have is about the the future of angiosperms in general, like, you know, flowering plants. Oh, I
2: was like, angiosperms? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: Because they're 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 flowering plants, and, you know, if, if you have this cycle where the temperature isn't stable... And it gets up to 60 degrees, it'll think it's it spring, back, yeah, yeah. It'll think it's spring, it'll start to bud, it'll start to blossom, and then it gets back down to 30 and it freezes, and, and the buds die.
2: And that's the end of that, plant. yeah, that's
3: the end of that crop for the year,
2: yeah. So, uh,
3: so if that keeps happening, you know, it's we've had that happen a couple times in a couple recent years where you know, uh, some of the crops would come in poorly because you know, the peaches had their, their buds freeze and that sort of thing, but. If it's an occasional thing, it's not that big of a deal. You just kind of have a bad year. But if it keeps happening, that is a very big concern. So uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this, uh, seeing how the weather is treating all the plants.
2: <laughs> I like food, so I'm going to be keeping a really good eye on oh, it. Oh, yeah.
3: So. I kind of like food, too. I, I, I eat it pretty much every day
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, here's an example. I was talking to the, you know, the director of the Rock Falls Utility Company, and they actually have a hydro plant on the Rock Rock River. Now it doesn't do a tremendous amount of energy, um, but it, it's like it produces a, like like right under a million dollars worth of electricity a year. And while I was there, he sa- he came in looking kind of haggard, and I said, "What happened?" He's like, "Well, last night we had a, a power outage."
1: Hmm.
2: I s- asked him what happened, and he said, "Well." Um, the ice on the top of the river is breaking up and clogging our hydro unit.
3: Oh, huh, yeah. And
2: so usually, he says, what happens is the cold weather starts, they slow down the water flowing through it, allow the ice to freeze four to six inches on the top of the water, and then they speed it up again to take the you know continue the water flow. He said that hasn't happened this winter. The most ice they've got was like a couple inches, and if they... Continue this flow; it'll freeze a couple inches on the top, and then the water will drop, and that ice will cave in, and it's been, you know, on a, it clogged up the. So they had to completely shut down their hydro units.
3: Yeah, well, and that's, that's one of the concerns about uh, climate change that we're studying more and more. Is that you know some people they hear about it they think oh you know it's going to get two degrees warmer that's kind of cool but there's all these little details you know when you change the climate of the entire planet by two degrees. You know, all sorts of little things that were in balance before start to get out of balance.
2: Well, I thought it was weird that it was snowing in Carbondale but not in Rock Falls. Yeah. That they haven't got snow up there.
3: Yeah. I remember how strange I was when I went and visited my family in Chicago around uh, uh, Christmas at Mule. Uh, like, they, they, I go up there and it's the same weather as it was down here. Yeah. You know, usually in Chicago. I grew it's up in Chicago. Cold, it's yeah. bitter cold. There's snow everywhere. You know. Well, most people are liking that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Well, do you, Chicagoites are. Is that yeah, the word? Sh- yeah, Chicagoites. ins not ites. Yeah, inns They they will soon not have anything to gripe about, and will become <laughs> happy-go-lucky people. <laughs> yeah, is that possible? <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Climate change will change what Chicago
3: is.
2: (laughs) So, what else we got in the news?
3: Oh, let's... We can start talking about some holidays. Okay. I've heard some holidays coming up. We've got the uh, National PTA Founders Day, so Parent Teacher Association. It's good for parents to be involved in the uh, education of their kids. That used to be a whole thing, you know, parents educating their children.
2: (laughs) Today is Friday, the 17th of February, and it is World Human Spirit Day. Uh I like that one. That's good. Because I got a spirit, and I think I'm human. (laughs) I'm human last time I checked. (laughs) Saturday is the Great Backyard Bird Count. Starts on Saturday and goes through, let's see, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think. Well, You start counting the birds until you run out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh,
3: um, Saturday's also Pluto Day. Uh, I still consider Pluto to be a planet. I, I don't care. Uh, I'm I'm a curmudgeon like that. It's also, let's see, uh, Snow Moon Day. It's the snow moon coming up on Saturday.
2: The anniversary of the cow milked while flying. <laughs> what?
3: Oh, yeah, like I, I've heard about <laughs> this. It's actually, you know, after <laughs> airplanes were
2: invented, yeah, they're flying like the cow and they really did milk the cow. I'm the just airplane. saying, like, who, who was like... <laughs> oh, okay, this is an auspicious event. <laughs> I need to write that, it down on the calendar. I'm milking a cow in a plane. Oh, <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you got to know, as soon as,
3: as, soon as planes are available to, you know, you know, fairly everyday people, you know, they were doing all sorts of strange things in planes. <laughs> uh, I wonder what another anniversary is that uh, we probably don't have the exact day of. But anyway, uh, coming up on Sunday, it's Copernicus's birthday. Uh, it's also the uh, anniversary of
2: the Japanese internment. I would assume during World War II, where we rounded up the Japanese to yeah. and put them in concentration camps.
3: Yeah, and that's one that people in the U.S. actually sometimes forget about. But we need to remember it so that we uh, don't do it again.
2: Yeah. So, Monday is hoodie Do Day in the Northern Hemisphere. Pisces begins... Monday is the U.N. World Day for Social Justice. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so if you've been impressing everybody all the other days, you've got to stop at least on Monday. Otherwise, the U.N. will get you. <laughs> Monday is the anniversary of the closest approach of a comet to Earth. It doesn't say the name of the comet. You know, mm-hmm. they all have names, don't they? I think pro- so. Well, they have numbers.
3: <laughs> all right, well, uh, Tuesday is uh, President's Day. It's also the U.N. International Mother Language Day. And it's the anniversary of the Washington Monument dedication.
2: Wednesday is single-tasking day. (laughs) It's also spay day. So if you're going to do one task for the day, (laughs) get spayed. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's Wednesday. Wednesday is the birthday of uh, the President George Washington. Yes, and Thursday is uh, uh,
3: curling is cool day. It's also inconvenience yourself day. We've talked about this one before. You basically do something inconvenient to yourself in order to help someone else.
2: Happenings. International Coffee Hour, Fridays from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Northwest Annex Building B, mixed with students from all over the world.
3: Yeah, sounds like a fun time. We also have another Friday happening here. Rice and Spice. Theme this week is Muslim American goodness with Henry. Uh, so he, he's cooked there before. He's always got good stuff cooked up for them. Uh, should be a good time. Okay. It happens uh, tonight at uh, starting at six p.m.
2: at Guy House Interfaith Center. And that's the weekly International Slow Food Dinner. So yes, Vigil for Peace Saturdays from noon until one p.m. at the corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. Sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Is there any other
3: happenings that you wanted to look up while I? Oh uh, yeah, w- another one was uh, forgot to mention the Occupy Carbondale movie night. Uh, they're showing a movie called Tree of Life over at uh, the Big Muddy AMC, two fourteen North Washington, uh, seven thirty to nine
2: p.m. So a tree song. <laughs> you know what the Tree of Life is about? I don't actually don't know gotcha. what this movie is about. <laughs> you got <laughs> me on this one. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of tree movies you don't know about. That's like saying, (laughs) so you're in a Ukrainian. Do you know all the Ukrainians in town? (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? So we do have some newsletter extras. I'll read the titles, but you must get the newsletter to actually, you know, whatever. Leaked documents reveal how top think tank turns oil money into climate denial. Why big oil may be afraid of bicycles. I'm gonna have to read that article. Uh-huh. That sounds why corporate fat cats love ethical consumerism. Uh-huh. That's where you buy something, you know, buy something, you know, yes. vote with your dollar. You're yeah, still yeah. buying stuff. <laughs> You're still buying stuff. They like save the planet by buying more. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> like so. Um, if you would like to receive our newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, or you can email me direct through that email. Yes, <laughs> you can email treesong direct yeah you can email me at treesong at treesong dot yeah. hope you can remember that I so. hope so <laughs> it's like um, the sun has come out the sun has come out today 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 uh-huh. so have a wonderful weekend and maybe we'll see everybody at the guy house visioning retreat stakeholders retreat yes revive the heart of Carbondale uh-huh. retreat
3: Yeah, coming up on Saturday, 1 to 5.
2: See you again on the radio next week.
1: Next week on the radio. Right here on your community spirit.